And so I go to the website and it looks like small Victorian children dressed in matching ensemble mini dresses of their moms. Welcome to We Can't Print This, a podcast telling the story you don't know behind the story you do. My name is Fiona McCann. And my name is Eden Don. You're so smiley when you did that. I love it. No problem. Um, you may recall that last week, Eden turned the mic on me as part of our season two finale spectacle extravaganza, mm-hmm. as I like to underplay it. And this week, I am turning it back on her interviewing my co-host, Eden Dawn. So it is my great honor to have with me in the studio, <laughs> great the honor. author of the Book of Dates series, uh, the former style editor at Portland Monthly, still my personal style editor, except I'm not paying you, sorry about that, and the most fun and best dressed person at every party ever. Welcome, Eden Dawn. Thank you, thank you. It was hard for me to fit it into my schedule. Well, I'm so glad I have this opportunity to be in a room with you, Eden Dawn. It really is an honor. Never has happened before. I know that you've written extensively over the course of a uh, long career in journalism and in storytelling in general. And over that time, you have written many articles that have put you in many interesting places. I that I have. I that I have. And I know that you came today to tell us the story about one in particular. Where should we begin, Eden? Uh, okay, great cue for me to A. The answer is, uh, as many things with journalism, it begins with a press release. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. But, you know, as a fashion editor for many, I've been writing about fashion in Portland for 15 years. So I know a lot of the brands, a lot of the people. And then one day I get a press release from a publicist about a company I'd never heard of before and a very impressive stats company of basically this young woman in Eastern Oregon, in La Grande, Oregon, which is a very small town that I actually happen to know fairly well because when I was growing up, my grandparents lived in a log cabin there. And it's, Oh, wow. It's, I didn't realize it's that. past Pendleton, it's like out in that area of Eastern Oregon. Not known as a hotbed of fashion. No, it is not. And this person had sent a press release saying this woman had started a modesty clothing line when she was, I think, 16 or 17. And now it was a multi-million dollar company. I'm sorry. I'm smizing a little (laughs) bit right now. Because what is a modesty clothing company? Another great question. I'm good at this. So modesty clothing is religious focused clothing primarily. This is this one specifically is Pentecostal, a woman of the Pentecostal church who are pretty strict. And this section of the church specifically believes in covering most of the body and being very modest. Most of the female body. Most of the female body. Oh, yes, of course. This is only for women. Yeah. So they're very prairie-like dresses. There are lots of ruffles. And so I go to the website and it looks like small Victorian children dressed in matching ensemble mini dresses of their moms where everyone (gasps) has just kind of like 
low buns in because I actually looked into it and braids are considered too ostentatious. Oh, there goes my Little House in the Prairie cosplay plan. So no braids, but like little low buns, no makeup, dresses covering the throat down to the wrist. Now, every once in a while, uh, they might be real scandalous and show a touch of ankle, but (gasps) not ever a knee. Wait, can you get back to braids are ostentatious? There is some verse in the Bible that said something about braids being showy and they <laughs> took it quite literally. I know. I Sorry, I'm not. I'm not trying to I, mock mock folks, but it is um, just quite as somebody who dresses like a drag queen most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not modesty clothing. Not modesty clothing. But as you know, I was raised going to a very strict Christian school with a dress code, which I violated so frequently. I got yeah. in trouble for dress code. All of the time because, and in fact, probably why I went into fashion to just the ultimate, like, fuck you, don't tell me how to dress. In fact, I will go and get a career where I get to tell other people how to dress. And that answer is fun, loud, however you want. Yeah. So express yourself. I am fascinated by this press release because this person is selling internationally global all over the world because the modesty clothing line is on the uptick and Pentecostalism is one of the fastest growing religions in America. And not only that, other religions that are known for having a lot of modesty to them as well are picking up. They have a huge presence in the Middle East, but they also have a ton of people over in, I think it was China. So all these different... Like pockets of population where modesty is considered... Favorable. Favorable. So I set up and then I'm like, as long as I'm going to go to Eastern Oregon, why don't I make a little travel story out of it? As you do with a low budget in journalism, you're like, I'll try and do all the things, do some scoping around. I'll check out. I'm going to stay at this old creepy hotel that has hot springs attached to it, which has been a sanatorium over the years and all these various things as always happens when something was attached to hot springs I feel like where they're like you got syphilis hopping here yeah and we haven't cleaned it since and we haven't cleaned (laughs) it since so I set out I make the arrangements to go and then about 48 hours before I am leaving to write this story about basically women covering their bodies all of the time and uh the issues surrounding that an election happens between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I don't remember that election. How did it go, Eden? It did not go well for women in America. Mm -hmm. Um, So Donald Trump wins, as you know. and uh, Now, he would be the grabbing by the pussy guy. Am I right? And so Mm -hmm. the feeling, I will say, for many women in America to have a man elected who had spoken so freely about just grabbing women's bodies and you can do what you want to them did not feel good. I would say I was at a real peak of depression and frustration and concern about how the control I would be able to have over my body under a Trump presidency and and beyond as we and beyond um, and also that somebody who was you know whether you personally like her or not the fact is that Hillary Clinton was incredibly well qualified for the position and that just didn't matter because people didn't like her. And so they chose this man. So we should put a trigger warning on this episode. We probably should, but this is what I went into. So I drive out to Eastern Oregon, which is redder than red. People think of Oregon as being this like liberal haven. No, 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 no. 
Portland is, Eugene is, maybe a bit of Ashland is. Salem is starting to lean more blue, but not always. Eastern Oregon is bright red. It is as conservative and Republican as can be. And so I went out there with all the Trump signs, all the fuck your feeling signs, all of these things out there just constantly surrounded. Pull up to this hotel with my husband who has agreed to come with me. Thank God, actually. I walk in and it is a, a strange place because it is this very old hotel kind of manner with creaky floors and kind of cold and each one has its own theme that's sort of unknown like one is just like, like each room has its own each theme. room has its own theme which might just be like old leather and then there would be like saddles <laughs> and like a baseball mitt or something it, they were very strange I would say it was um not going to be in, in a Condé Nast Traveler features. Mm-hmm. So we go in. Then also Leonard Cohen dies. And we're watching it's Saturday like- Night Live where they're like Kate McKinnon is doing this beautiful thing where she is like dressed as Hillary Clinton and she is playing the piano and singing I Leonard Cohen that. songs. Oh. And we're just a wreck. Like I'm just a wreck. Like what is going on with the world? And I go to sleep exhausted. I am then awoken at like 6.45 a.m. by the sounds of Christian talk radio being blasted into every room. Wait, you didn't on, have what? On speakers that are all busted out. So everything is like. <laughs> and I was like, what the? Uh, sit up. And I am like, this must be a mistake. And they are blasting with commercials, with commercials. I need you to know that it doesn't. And so I like stumbled down to the room at like 6.45 in the morning to the lobby. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. There's something, there's speakers somehow accidentally blasting into my room. They're like, nope, that's how we like it. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. And the woman, this woman in her, I don't know, 70s was very staunch in looking at me. And I was like, is there any way you could turn that down? I'm just quite exhausted. And she is like, this is how our hotel operates. You can't turn down Jesus. You can't turn down Jesus. And I don't normally like to pull the, it feels shitty to be the like, do you know I'm a journalist? But I actually at that point was, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm here doing research potentially for a travel piece. I want to be accurate. Are you saying that you play this every morning and guests cannot have an input? And she's like, yeah, write that down. I don't know why so much anger at me. So much anger at me. I just feel like I had Because you were lazy, good for nothing. Good for nothing, 7 a.m. Satanist. And I was like, what about if somebody wants to take a nap or anything? Because it's going to play all day. And she said, well, why don't you write down, we don't like day sleepers around (gasps) here. (laughs) I am gobsmacked. I know. Bananas. I know. It's wild. So were there other guests in the hotel? Maybe like three in a hotel that probably could have fit 150. Yeah, I wonder why that wasn't working for me. I know. I mean, it was rambly. Even the ghosts were like, give us a break. We're tired. So Ashad and I get up and we go down to, they have a tiny little cafe on site, which just serves one breakfast. You know what I mean? They're like, we have a quiche. And we're like, great. Can we have some coffee with that? And the older woman there too was kind of like what are you doing here like what are you doing in town and I was like oh well I am here you must have stuck out like a sore throat me <laughs> I I came to understand how much I stood out um 
I was like, I'm here to write about this company. Do you know, which in a small town is like a, a great way to find out things. I was like, do you happen to know anything about this company with their religious modesty clothing? And she was like, that is my granddaughter-in-law. She is wonderful. And she, yeah, my grandson is married to her. She plays in the band in the Pentecostal church. You have to come to church tonight. I won't take no for an answer. You're coming so that you can see the band and meet everybody. You'll be my guest. Great. What's your alternative is to sit in the hotel room and have Jesus blasted at you on speaker. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm here to write this story. A huge part of the clothing line is about her dedication to her religion. I should go and see what's happening. But I am not prepared in the what I packed department to go, go to, to church, Pentecostal church. So what I showed up wearing is I basically looked like um, every Hallmark movie about like a city gal outsider because <laughs> I showed up wearing black, I think, pleather pants, <laughs> a black right. sweater, long sleeve sweater, um, black boots, and then red lipstick. Which, I look cute. You're the devil lady. I look cute. But when Ashad and I walked in, there must have been an actual record scratch. I mean, that's the most conservative outfit you even possess. So, thank you. So, I hear just like, (laughs) and a room full of people just all turn and eyes upon us. And now I will say what happened next is they were incredibly gracious incredibly kind but we were very much outsiders like people descended upon us and we're like what are you doing here welcome welcome do you want to sit by me come sit here and so we sit next to the grandma from the cafe who was very kind again it was an unusual situation but I don't want to sound like these people were not incredibly friendly it was just not a situation I typically find myself in. So we sit down for the church and I'm watching the owner of the company on stage and the band's rocking. But then do you know that one of the things about the Pentecostal church is that they speak in tongues? Oh yeah, I did know that. (laughs) Which if you don't know, it's like basically the spirit of God has come into your body and is so overwhelming you that you just start like la 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 la, like making- Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. These folks feel that the spirit of God has taken yeah. over their body and they no longer speak English. They just kind of make noises. But also sometimes some folks believe it is kind of brings in this massive wave of energy. So basically I'm sitting in a church pew trying to watch a pastor give a sermon about what I cannot tell you because there were several men speaking in tongues who were just running in laps around me. So men in their church suits are just like, like just jogging laps and making noises because they've already had a visitation or whatever they're i don't know but here was the weirdest part about it is that everybody else was like this is totally fine this is all totally normal and i felt like i was the strange one because i was in pants and everyone there all of the women basically look like you are in little house from the prairie minus the braids swapped for a little low Chignon bun. Yeah, Ma had a good one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone is wearing those outfits. And so now. Except for you, you're in your pleather. I'm in my pleather. (laughs) Half, at least half, more than half of the church is all wearing outfits from her website because I have extensively looked through the collections and everything. And I was like, this is a catalog of this woman's website. 
So we get through. The very nice grandma asked us to come to the soup after party. They were having a soup after party. You need to calorie up after running around the church a few Everyone times. had brought different soups. They were going to, I mean, I guess it's not that different than a potluck. I just thought soup was a fun way to go all in. Like sometimes I feel like you do a potluck where you're like Italian themed and then somebody brings caprese and somebody brings pasta salad and some, you know what I mean? But just that we all soup. So there are many things I don't fully understand about this, but we declined the soup party very graciously and immediately went and bought some alcohol and went back to our rooms and drank the alcohol where thankfully the it's like n- soup nonstop it is <laughs> the soup of heathens alcohol and went to sleep as early as possible because to- you were going to get blasted in the morning again and the next day was i was going to the warehouse for the actual interview so got blasted again in in the morning with the like all of that in the in the speakers that would never quit. And so by this point, I'm exhausted. I'm running on days of just like, what is going on in the world? I don't understand what is going to happen next. Where are we as a country? What does it mean to be a woman right now? I want to be a, the type of journalist who is both fair and cannot also not examine the context of what these clothing are doing to people, you know. So I'm trying to take in all of this while operating on no sleep. You're not great on no sleep, Eden. (laughs) I mean, I got a Guinness World Record on no sleep. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, in fairness. (laughs) But am I coherent? No, no. I'll just keep moving a little bit like a robot. So I go to the warehouse, walk in, all women in their little house on the prairie vibes working in the warehouse, which I was like, this is interesting. This is probably one of the only places in this town that's able to employ multiple women because, you know, there's not a ton of industry happening there other than some yep. things related to agriculture or yeah. Kind of- and so to see the woman, I, so it was a very complicated feeling. I have to tell you, Fiona, because there are some things there where I was like, this is great. This young woman starting this business, turning it into a multi-million dollar business, employing a lot of women. There were things like, about go, it. Go to you, saying, lady. Yeah, yeah. Get a girl. And then there are also other things where I'm like, but you're, you're doing this. You're working in the warehouse with wearing a dress up to your throat and Feels like you would want to be in a tank top and leggings, like active wear. I That's go up, the devil talking. Even. I know. I go up to interview her in one of the strangest interview scenarios. Inc- again, incredibly gracious, very kind. But she puts me in her little upstairs office over the loft. Her husband sits in the corner to just monitor the interview. You see, that's mm-hmm. that's where the red flags are. Just sat over in the corner. But she sat me at a at a couch here, and then her desk was like, 18 feet away across the room and she sat at her desk I may be exaggerating 18 at least 12 which is a strange amount to be between two people talking yeah it's quite far it's a little bit like an old-fashioned dinner table I kept just like trying to push my recorder closer and closer to her and we had an interesting conversation she told me she really loved how both Michelle Obama and Melania Trump dressed she would love to dress both of them. For some reason, that really struck out to me as being yeah. an interesting comment. She told me that God guided her hands on Google to make sure she didn't find a sweatshop, but she found a reputable factory. Oh, that was nice. And because she was very important to her for it to not be a sweat. Again, there were so many things about her that I was like, you are very sweet and you seem like you want to do good in the world. And 
I felt very complicated that that good was about women should dress modestly because it is our job to not distract men with impure thoughts. And that is on us, which is the bullshit I had been fed my entire life at Christian school, where if I wore a spaghetti strap tank top, I might make men realize that I had, I wore a bra, which would make them think of boobs, which would destroy their relationship with Jesus. And that that was on Whoa. me. Uh huh. And I got sent home for wearing leggings once that the teacher, and this is in the fifth grade, thought I was too sexual. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Also, that teacher is still sitting in jail for molesting many children. So, yeah, convicted. Not allegedly, confessed and convicted. Wow. So it was a strange, it was a very strange experience. And once I got done interviewing her, Ashad and I got in the car and I was, I had went and quickly drove by this place that I, had grown in my, the log cabin my grandparents had lived in up in the woods. We went and found it. And I just felt such a mix of feelings because I grew up there where anything felt possible. My grandparents very much encouraged me to do anything and always treated me like I was a badass. And then also I had this feeling in this town of like, you got to get out of here. So do we you- left and I slept in the car and I have like never felt more exhausted. And then I have so many questions. Did you ever try on the clothes yourself did you ever get to like I looked at them up close they were well made there were some things that were even you know and the interesting thing too is because it was at this moment in time when kind of prairie dresses were having a big moment yeah that was kind of an aesthetic yeah so it was an aesthetic and so if you look at if you were just looking at some of them objective I mean some not my cup of tea like very whoa and there were some where I'm like that's kind of cute yeah, that, like legitimately is kind of a kind of a cute a nice blouse. like floral sunny day or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I never tried anything on that was but that's not I never would go to a designer's warehouse and try stuff on. That was not like a, I'm not touching your thing. That's just not standard. But I did look at them very up close and objectively tried to write about what things I thought were good and not good. But it was it was one of the weirder and more overwhelming stories I have to say. And people think of fashion as being so fluffy. Um, But this is like a great example. As I always say, like fashion A is an indicator of where we're at in history, always. And it is also how we live our lives every day. What you put on is what you're choosing to say to the world about yourself, whether it's your favorite band's t-shirt, whether it's modesty clothing, whether it is being a nudist, all of those are a comment on what you're saying to the world. So it's heavy. It's heavy. And I think all of that context in that moment post-election and your own personal context. I mean, nothing happens in a vacuum either as a reporter even. Nope. You wrote the piece then? I wrote the piece. I tried to be quite fair about it. I brought in some outside. I interviewed some other folks like a, a shop owner in town about like, would you carry this collection? What do you think of it? And yeah, I feel, but I did have to address the context. It was impossible not to. It would have been a dishonest piece to not be like, I'm writing this the same week that Donald Trump was elected. Yeah. And so those are choices we make as journalists where we have to do our best to try to be honest. And also, I did not in any way want to make fun of her because that was her life. And again, I respect her on a business level. And... It felt a little wackadoo when I was at that church, not going to lie. I mean, I'm I'm still in a hotel room where they're blasting fire and radio. brimstone. And, well, they don't like day sleepers, Fiona. <sighs> I know. 
That's a whole other world. Yep. America. America. <laughs> the end. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us today, Eden. You'll thank be- you for having me on. I love this podcast. Of course. Yes, it's a massive success. And thank you to our producer, Miranda Schaefer, and to Dave Depper for our intro music. This podcast was recorded at the Writer's Block in Portland. And a very big thanks to our third office mate, Rachel Ritchie, for staying home with her cold. Thank you. Uh, We hope you enjoyed these bonus episodes and that they tied you over till January when we will be back with season three. Pew, pew, pew. We love to do a pew, pew, pew. If you are a writer with a great behind the story story, write to us at wecampprincess at gmail.com. Until then, happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy new year. Merry everything. Merry and bright. I felt like I, it was, that made me laugh because I was like, why are you still going, Fiona? Stop. Don't, don't be trying to get the last word in. Like you were like, marry everything. And I was like, marry Anne Bright. <laughs> Anne Bright. Eden. We're keeping all of this in so you understand our <laughs> dynamic. Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs>